This is Mitch Ivan, and this is the Wednesday afternoon podcast. I am literally copying Bill Burr. I was just listening to his Monday morning podcast. I never heard it before. And Bill um, just rants about, just talks about whatever is on his mind. And he does it pretty good. And um, I was just up in my room meditating, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And I thought, you know, Bill Burr's good at this. Maybe I could do this too. Maybe I could just have a day of the week podcast that millions of people would like to listen to. So I heard Bill first talk about this. I don't know, I was listening to a little comedy bit that he did. Uh, Maybe it wasn't a comedy bit. It was like nighttime and... I wanted to find something funny, and I don't always like Bill Burr's comedy, but sometimes I do. So, you know, my wife was sleeping, and I was in a mood. I was in a mood because I was had a. I'm 53 years old, and at, every year at 50, you're supposed to get a colonoscopy, just routine. There's nothing wrong with me, and I didn't do it at 50 or 51, 52. Finally, at 53, I'm like, I gotta do this shit. Excuse the pun. I'm like, I gotta do it. So I've been scared about it since I'm like 45. I've been worried about someday having to do a colonoscopy. And this week, you know, it was yesterday. It was fine. There's no shit in there. Well, no shit in there because it got all cleaned out. But there's no problems or polyps or anything. But I was so scared to do this since like 45 years old. And finally, last week, I was coming up and I was I couldn't sleep and I just was losing my mind. So prior to, a couple days prior to us, I was looking for comedy, you know, to listen to, or to videos of comedy, I, I don't remember, and I, I think somebody had interviewed Bill, I came across it, and, you know, he said that uh, he's not dependent on anything, he's got his tours that he does, his stand-up comedy, he sells tickets, he said it's his own business, and he said he's got his podcast, he's his own business, and therefore he's not doesn't have to depend on anything. If he does a movie, it could be his movie or anything else extra, that's great. But he doesn't have to put up with any shit from bosses or anything else because he's just, he's his own thing. So I was thinking back then, all right, I, I want to be that. I've always had my own businesses. They've all failed miserably, never made money on any of them. So I'm clearly not Bill Burr, but I thought, okay, you know, I like what he's saying, and, you know, I like to be an actor, even at this age, and I don't like anything that I'm doing really very much professionally, and um, so I said, okay, you know what, I'm going to just maybe do something like that, maybe, but I wasn't thinking a podcast, whatever, I mean, I don't don't know, maybe an acting thing, or I'm a writer, maybe writing that I like doing, though, I, I don't know, I was just thinking of it, and then, so, I'm like, you know, meditating a lot. I like to meditate. I'll probably talk about that on this podcast. And I get a lot of answers when I meditate. So, you know, it's just ironically meditating. This, you know, I got to pick up my son in a little bit. And you know, I'm really kind of tired still from, you know, the medication that they give you to knock you out during the colonoscopy. I mean, I'm, my energy's back and everything, but I'm just tired. I, need, I just need more sleep. But I'm trying not to fall asleep because I got to pick the kid up. And I, when I couldn't keep meditating because... I was falling asleep meditating. 
So I was like, all right, I'm not going to just meditate. I got to do something else. But and I thought Bill Burr, that popped into my head. And I was like, oh, I get my answers when I meditate. So I go on to um, look for something funny from Bill Burr. I think it was an abortion thing. And it wasn't funny to me, actually, to be honest. Bill Burr had done a bit about abortion. I heard bits and pieces of it in lieu of the current abortion situation with the shithead states that are that have they're basically banning it. I got, you know, I got annoyed at Bill Burr's abortion bit, which I didn't listen to the whole thing. He really rips both sides, and it's probably not, you know, not ridiculous. But I only listened to a little bit of it. But I was like, ah, fuck that. I don't want to listen to that because I'm going to get annoyed. Look for other things, and then I find, I, I don't know. I just came across Bill Burr doing a podcast and I was listening to a few of the podcasts and what struck me wasn't really the content of the podcast I mean his content is what it is but it was just what I felt was brilliant about it was he just talked he just talks off the cuff and he's got a talent for doing that and it's like interesting it's annoying some of it but he that's he doesn't care you know, it's interesting enough and, he, and, and it works for him and it helps him make a living and he's free. And, you know, I just thought about where I am in life. I'm so tired of planning things and trying to do a good job and trying to be polished with all kinds of different shit. And I was like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to do exactly what Bill Burr's doing. Except I'm not going to call it the Monday morning podcast because right now it's, Wednesday, oh shit, it's not even Wednesday, it's Tuesday, I don't even know what day it is, so it's Tuesday afternoon podcast, so I was like, I'm going to do that, and, you know, just see what happens, um, work for Bill, so that's, that's what I'm doing right now, so what else is interesting to me right now, let me tell you, I'm not going to go into the details of the colonoscopy because there's nothing interesting about that. But, you know, the night before the prep is not the end of the world, nor is it fun. If you're putting, if you're my age, you know, I don't think young people are listening to this podcast and I don't, I don't blame you. If you are, thank you. You could just think about this for in the, in the future, but in the future anyway, you're not going to have to think about this because there's going to be a better way. Although maybe not, because 50 years ago they were still doing, uh, for 30 years, whatever, they were doing these things the same way. But, um, you know, but if you're my age, go get it. Go fucking get it. Don't be afraid of it. You get colon cancer, it's going to be worse. You know, it's just, it's scary and it's, the prep is never, all my friends that are my age that got it told me the prep sucks, but it's not the end of the world. And it, 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 it's, you know, I had to drink two bottles, like one bottle of this stuff at four o'clock. And the stuff isn't terrible tasting, but there's something about it that makes you feel like if you had to, you could throw up, but you could also choose not to throw up. It was that kind of thing where vomiting would be a choice. I choose not to vomit. So I was able to drink it down and then say it wasn't bad. And you got to drink 40 ounces of water in two hours, which is honestly no big deal. I was going through this thing where I really wasn't drinking very much water at all. And my wife was constantly getting on my back because she's, my wife is a, in the medical profession. She's a social worker in the kidney transplant department. And she knows all about like how important drinking fucking water is. And so she's been nagging me for years, drink more, drink more. I was like, I don't want to drink more because then I have to pee more. And if I have to pee more, 
you know, I'm getting older, I don't pee as fast as I have to, so I'll have to pee like 50 times. She's like, I don't care if you have to pee, just fucking drink more so you can live long, you know. Anyway, and, and then some, I know I'm talking about the colonoscopy, but I'm getting sidetracked here. And then for like, like I don't know, she's nagging me, and then for like two years, my hands are getting like crazy fucking dry, like especially in my right hand, because it's the hand I use the most. You know, even not just in the winter, but like all the time, just bone dry. And I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? Do I have some disease where my hands get dry? I thought this. I thought this. I thought this for like two years. I finally shut. My wife's always looking at my hands and telling me, you know, drink more water, but I can't hear her. You know, sometimes you just, if you're married for a certain amount of time, you just can't hear your spouse anymore. You can't hear them anymore. They talk, she's always talking to me and I hear her sometimes, but then there's times I, I can't listen. I can't hear her. Like I just, I, I can't, it's just, I, she says things to me. I literally, it's not that I'm going deaf. It's not that I have other issues. I mean, there's this literally this, 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 this like ability to perceive sound from your spouse under certain circumstances when they repeat themselves, not the spouse, the circumstances where you can't hear them. Your brain just shuts it off and you don't hear what they say, even if it's good for you. And it's only in certain circumstances, because I heard her in other circumstances. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it's okay. So I couldn't hear her saying that, just drink the water so your hands aren't dry. Well, finally, I decide to do it. And it took me a while because your bladder apparently gets smaller over the years when you drink like not enough water. I started drinking like, you know, slowly drinking a 32 ounce um, camel water bottle which was surprisingly not that hard and like within one day my hands were dry i mean we're wet we're not wet we're normal we're not dried out anymore so i i train i'm retrained to drink lots is what i'm trying to say because i've been at this for a while now so for the colonoscopy drinking that bottle of that shit and then then 40 ounces of water in a two-hour period is easy it honestly is easy and then what happens I don't know if it's going to be the same for you when you do it, but it doesn't matter. I kind of, nobody was home. My wife, my son were out. I was just sitting home watching movies. Everybody gave me a break. I didn't have to do my normal shit, running my kid around, trying to find ways to make money, writing, all the other stuff that I do. I didn't have to do any of that. I had my day off. It was a Sunday, and I just stayed home, and I watched Marvel. I got caught up on a lot of the Marvel movies, right? So I'm drinking this, um, I'm drinking this, this stuff, drink the water, for, and then I drank more water. I probably drank 55 ounces, right, in the two hours. Nothing happens from 4 to 5.30 or so, right? Then I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. This is going to be a nightmare. It's here. It's here. Relax. It's here. I got this. So I'm going in the bathroom, and I'm expecting, like, you know, the worst case of the runs, sick to your stomach, all kinds of shit, excuse the pun, just a bad trip for the next couple hours, but you know what, it was oddly gentle, it was, you go in, comes out, like nothing, no pain, no gain, no discomfort, just, just comes out. I was like, this is not half bad. But remember, uh, what I didn't tell you is because I'm such a hypochondriac, I always think that when I take something that I haven't taken for, I don't like taking medicine, then I'm not going to have the reaction that every other person in the world has. So again, I thought I'm going to drink this fluid and I'm going to be, uh, this medicine, I'm going to be allergic to it. So I, I know you got 
maybe, you know, 11 minutes, right? That's in my mind, it's 11 minutes. You don't have a reaction in 11 minutes, you're not allergic, right? So I drank it down. I'm like totally stressed, tense, not really focusing on Ant-Man and the Wasp or whatever it was that I was watching, feeling, waiting for the hives to break out, my throat to close up. Nobody's home to save me now either. So I'm waiting for that. And it goes by, I can take a breath. Then I feel my stomach starting to rumble in about an hour. Nothing bad, and but me, I'm thinking that now I'm going to have the runs for five days because that's, I'm not going to be like every other normal person where it's going to go away in a little bit. It's going to be for five days. It, that didn't happen, you know, but I worried about that, you know, till yesterday, actually, I worried about that. Um, so this is I'm sharing this experience now for you people that are going to get it, that are worried about that stuff too. It's not going to happen for five days. So anyway, I, I go, it comes out, it's not not bad. Then it gradually gets a little more, a little more. But but again, it's never terrible. It's not this thing where you're you know you're doing the shitty walk and you're you're rushing to the potty because you're gonna you know you're gonna you're gonna lose it and you're gonna shit yourself and ruin your clothes. It, it, it was just okay. It was it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. Then you know my family comes home and I'm drinking the. I have to drink the second one at 9 o'clock. So the, the Marvel movies are over because I can't watch them with my son. He's seven and it freaks him out. He doesn't like the blood and all the gore and he's probably better off. So I drink the second one and that's harder to drink because now I'm bloated, I'm full, but I'm doing it. But it was better because my wife was making jokes out of it. They were vi- taking a video of me doing it. We were all laughing and it wasn't bad. Drank that and then, you know, again, it's not, um, it's not bad. And I, um, you know, they fell asleep, got, still going. And then the only thing that sucked was, you know, it just didn't end. Like, it, it, it sort of tapers off after, after I mean, it, it, it genuinely comes out. I mean, there's, it all comes out. It's weird, but not bad, but it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird experience. It's, it's the runs like you never had them before. I'll say that, but not in a bad way, just a weird way. It's unusual. It's unusual, okay? Um, but it's better than the sick runs, right? It's better. So then that's the, that's the prep is, is kind of done. And then I couldn't go to sleep because I'm worrying that even though things have tapered off, I'm still in the back of my mind thinking, I'm going to have this for five days because I'm not like everybody else. Everybody else, I'm not like them. And so I, there's something that's gone haywire in my intestinal tract now that's going to take days to reset itself. And then I'm thinking, what about dehydration? Will I dehydrate completely in five days? You know, what is, what's the outcome here? So I couldn't sleep. And then, and I'm worried, is there more coming? There wasn't more coming. I could have gone to bed. But anyway, finally, about 3.30, 4 o'clock, I do get to sleep. I do at least convince myself that... I am not going to have that. I'm still terrified of the procedure that's going to happen the next morning, but I'm thinking I'm not going to have the runs for five days, maybe, and the prep wasn't that bad. So I'm ahead of the game now, as far as I'm concerned. So next day, wake up after two hours, try to go back to sleep. I'm, I'm too jacked up. I'm too stressed out and nervous about the procedure. Because, again, all my friends taught me the procedure's a piece of cake and, 
you know, it's a piece of cake for everybody else, right? But not for me. It's not a piece of cake for Mitch. Because Mitch is certain that everybody else wakes up as soon as they come out after they get the medication. But he's not going to wake up. He's going to be asleep for like hours. And I've never had any problem with my heart, my lungs, my blood pressure. Everything's good. But he's going to have that some problem because I get nervous about that stuff. So I'm still kind of worried about that. But honestly, and I'm telling you this again to go do it if you're putting, putting it off. We, we did it at my wife's hospital. I get there. You know, at some point, I don't show this because I got to be a man. I'm, you know, I'm a Gen Xer and we're the last, you know, group after, you know, the, where our dads were men and we think we were kind of caught between like being like emotionally sensitive and somewhat woke and have some sort of rational common sense of how to function in the world emotionally and you know our generation our dads you know who were men you know so you know it's still you know we can't show fear right it's 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 been drummed into us i do try to show it and i, I do show it but not not when I'm going to get something stuck up my behind to look around because that's embarrassing enough to have something in your behind like a machine going up there to look around. That's enough discomfort and like sort of embarrassing, but not at all, but yet still, but not at all, but yet still, but not at all. That's, that's enough of that that I can't add on to it. My wife seeing me, you know, a nervous wreck, shitting myself, not literally this time, but emotionally, but I am so scared inside. I mean, my, my, it, it, it's like my knees are trembling, but not. They're trembling on the inside. I, I, I remember when I got in there, when they, when it, you know, I went into the, the waiting, not the waiting room, but the room where you lay down on a stretcher or on a bed or something, and they get you kind of prepped for the, for the procedure, and you got to wait. And, and, you know, you got the robe on with your ass hanging out. Um, I, like, could feel my diaphragm I'm shit I'm not making this up this is how crazy I'm I put my hand on my diaphragm and I could feel my diaphragm muscle spasming and it's from nerves but of course me I'm thinking oh my god I'm not having any trouble breathing but my diaphragm is muscle spasming am I gonna you need your diaphragm to breathe is this a problem am I gonna is, is this from something but anyway it was fine. There was just my craziness. So anyway, you know, the nurses come in. I did tell them. They were very cool. I, I have um, matured emotionally to the point now at my age where I can tell people that I feel scared, but I can't show them. So I did tell the nurses with a joke, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm really kind of really nervous about this, but, you know, <laughs> I'm good. And And they know. They've seen every kind of you know, 53-year-old pussy like myself come through, and they've seen, you know, wonderfully courageous um, people who are really sick, unlike healthy people like me, you know, who are nervous about nonsense. So they, they know how to deal with it all. So the nurses were great. They calmed me down. Honestly, what they do, so you people know what the fuck's going to happen when you go there, is you get in... They talk to you for a few minutes. They ask you a few questions. You're just, you're just laying, relaxing on this thing with, you, the, with the robe on that your butt hangs out of. And, you know, all the basic questions they're going to ask you. Um, and then they, you know, the nurse tries to put an IV in, just the needle. 
she couldn't do it. It didn't work. I actually didn't panic with that, which I normally would. So, you know, she left for a little while. The other nurse, another nurse came in who was very talkative, who, very sweet. I think in other circumstances, it would have annoyed the shit out of me. But I'm starting to think I should look at people differently because she could, she was telling me all about her vacation. And, and I loved it. I was eating this up. It was great. It was the best thing to hear all this stuff about this lady's life because I, I don't know it was it was not because I don't ever want to hear that shit but I loved it she found a vein explained to me that the reason it was hard is because I'm dehydrated because you know I've been shitting myself all night and um, she put the, the thing in and somehow she had this sense I'm telling you, she had a sense that she was dealing with a nut so she explained to me and you probably don't know this unless you're in the medical field when they put an IV in you, do you know that the needle doesn't stay in? I never knew that. The needle has like some sort of sheathing that it covers. And they put the needle in. The sheathing gets in there. That's what lets the blood flow through or, or whatever, let the shit go in. And they pull it out and it's not in there anymore. So that was fascinating to me. And actually, when you're a nervous wreck like that, you're looking for any kind of comfort you can find. And finding out that it wasn't really a needle was remarkably comforting to me. I, I got to tell you, I felt so much better about everything. And um, and she, she got a couple phone calls, didn't care. And then she left once again by myself. My own, my mind is thinking all kinds of crazy shit. I'm, now I'm starting to think, I remember now, what if they find something? What if they go up into the colon? It's embarrassing to think because I'm embarrassed because again, being a man... You know, Generation X, from a dad who was a man, they're going up my ass with a tube, with a, with a scope. And there's anything that they find up my ass is going to be embarrassing. If they found something on my arm, that's not embarrassing. But if it's up my ass, that's embarrassing. What if there's a polyp or, God forbid, worse? I'm not going to say the word because that makes me scared. But what if there's something and they got to cut? Or what if I have an ass full of them? You know, what if the ass is full of things that they got to cut out. Or better yet, what if there's something new? I'm going to be the one fucking guy. Just like I'm going to be the one person who's going to shit themselves for five days from the stuff that I was drinking, even though nobody else, I'm going to be the one guy that has some weird kind of monkey pox up his ass and in his colon, and I'm not going to know what the fuck to do, and I'm going to wake up in the hospital bed later with everybody looking over me, looking very concerned that was going through my mind thankfully my doctor came in he's a very nice guy really easy apologized for the delay there was a little bit of a delay because he had another procedure beforehand they always have that but not a big deal so finally my doctor comes in and he says um you know it's like you know i'm sorry about the delay i'm gonna have you in there in a couple minutes you have any questions right, whatever you know the usual shit they tell they say but it I don't know. There was something comfort. It was like it was like a mind meld. It was like he knew, uh, maybe the universe, maybe I attracted him. But all I needed to hear at that moment was what he said, and it made me feel better about the monkeypox that we were going to find in my intestines. It was good. Comes in five minutes later. Mitch Rolnian. Deep breath now, because I'm really scared now. I'm going in for the procedure. Roll me in. The um, all I can think about now is that they're going to give me the medicine to put me to sleep and A, I'm such a nervous wreck it's not going to work they're going to have to give me 
five times the amount. I actually thought like two times. I'm going to fight it. So I'm going to like be shaking before I fall asleep. And then I'm not going to wake up for like three days. This is what's going through my mind. So I did something never would have done. My wife was so proud of me when I told her I did this. Because I, again, trying to be a man, not sharing my emotions. I was like, I got in there and I told them all I was a nervous wreck. As if they didn't fucking know anyway. And I said to the uh, anesthesiologist, am I going to feel anything? And he's like, no, you're going to go to sleep. I said, no. I said, am I, I, you can't see this, this is in a video. I said, am I going to, when you put that stuff in, am I going to feel myself like going to sleep or have any problem? And he didn't, he actually didn't answer me because he was probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But my doctor was like, yeah, Mitch, you're going to feel it and you're going to be fine. And I trusted this guy. That's all he needed to say. I don't trust people at all. But he said it, and I trusted him. And I was like, all right. Deep breath. I was like, don't fight it. I see the guy pushing the, it's in a big syringe. It's a bunch, it's like a thick white stuff that they put in there. Pushes it in. I'm like waiting to feel it in my veins, right? I didn't feel anything. The nurse could tell in there, she must have known. She must have seen this a thousand times. I was a nervous wreck. So she comes over, starts talking about some shit. I'm trying to, I'm starting to answer her, and I'm actually feeling it happen. I'm starting to, I don't know, maybe she said like, uh, how's your friends or something? I was just like, my friends are you. Like, it was hard to talk. And again, I was about to panic, and I just said to myself, don't fight it. Just go with it. Just go with it. Honestly, I woke up back in the little area where they, where I was before, you know, in that little waiting area, not in sort of that surgical room is place. There happened to be a nurse there the second I woke up. How the fuck they know the second you wake up is beyond me. She was like, welcome, hi, or hi, welcome up or something. I was like, hi. And then... I remembered, I am not shitting you. Excuse me, I know I was shitting the night before, but I'm not shitting you. I think I had that dream of like, you know, the beach, the total peace. I can't tell you exactly what the dream was. I don't remember. But I do remember that it was awesome. It was, it was awesome. Like I woke up, uh, it was awesome. I, I, it, was, it was that, it was, it was just great course i panicked for about three seconds because i still felt tired a little weak and i thought this is not gonna wear you know i'm gonna take five hours to wear off everybody else takes 20 minutes i was like i could deal with this you know i felt pretty excited i gotta admit nobody was around i'm only sharing this with you people and you know seven people are gonna listen to this podcast if i'm lucky i actually got a little emotional i cried because you know all that fear i did it it was over my doctor came in. I was half there, half day. He told me that everything was got no issues. Everything was clean. I asked him how my prep was. <laughs> Did I do a good prep? He said, yeah. And, um, you know, but I got up. They gave me a turkey sandwich. I'm trying to eat better, though. You want After you clean everything out, I want to start eating good and healthier because I've been on a crap and sugar fest for the last couple months, which I don't want to do. Um, but, um, but it was good. So... That's the end of today's podcast for the first one. If you're thinking about doing it and you're putting it off, go do it. You know, just, you know, just do it. It'll be fine. And, uh, you know, let's see. Maybe I'll do this again next Tuesday. Thank you. See you later, everyone.